Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Integration Chronicles, the only podcast focused on ecosystem integration brought to you by Clio. We're your host, Tushar Patel. And I'm Frank Kenny. Ecosystem integration is the modern innovative way to extend and augment B2B integration. It takes a process-centric approach to orchestrate, connect, and integrate the core revenue-generating interactions and operational services. Partners, shippers, carriers, enterprise applications, and e-commerce marketplaces can leverage API, EDI, and file-based integrations on the same ecosystem integration platform, all with the necessary governance and control optimized to support mission-critical interactions in real, just-in-time, and batched cycles. Every couple of weeks, we will dig into relevant topics with industry leaders and integration experts with a specific tilt towards the supply chain. You'll learn how to grow your business faster, pick up best practices for scaling your organization, and discover new ways to drive operational efficiencies. Follow us to get up-to-date alerts when new episodes are available. Today, I'm super excited to bring Jan Arvey to the chat this morning. And Jan is the VP of IT over at Solder Woodworking. And if you haven't heard of Solder, um, that's okay, but you've probably seen their products in, in, in a lot of different places. And, and Jan has been uh, a little bit of what I kind of, my view is a little bit of the mastermind behind some of the transformation that has been taking place at Solder. So Jan, welcome to Clio Connect. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I am doing great. I am doing great. Now, Jan, why don't we start off by talking a little bit about um, who you are, what you do at Solder, and maybe a little bit about the specific business that you guys are in. Absolutely. So, um, yes, I'm the vice president of IT at Souter Woodworking, and I lead the corporate um, technology team here for the business. My team covers infrastructure, client devices, development, um, business system support, business um, solution delivery, you know, all of the aspects of what an IT um, department would cover for a business. I'm also part of the senior leadership team, so I'm also engaged in a number of business initiatives that take place. Um, for our um, um, organization. And we are in the furniture business. We manufacture and sell ready. Our core business is ready to assemble furniture. We have both a domestic and import business. Um, most of our domestic manufacturing is in Archibald, Ohio. That's a small town of about 4,300 people. So we're the, the, the big um, corporation that's part of this small community. So it's kind of nice in a Midwest um, town to, to work in, you know, great community um, um, to, to live in. Um, our, our biggest customers are e-commerce players such as Amazon and Wayfair. And also we have um, large um, omni-channel brick and mortar customers like Walmart, I, um, Target, Ikea, Office Depot. Um, and by omni-channel, I mean that we service both their physical stores and their online premise. We do have our own e-commerce channel. Um, the, the primary purpose is to um, promote our brand and also um, to, to learn consumer preferences. Um, we consider ourselves a, a fashion furniture um, manufacturer. We produce um, hundreds of new products every year and we try to encourage people to, to buy um, trendy furniture that meets their needs and um, we're excited about you know, what we offer. 
We also are diversified as an organization. We sell, um, we manufacture and sell ceiling, um, ceilings, cl closet furniture, kitchen cabinets, um, actually um, funeral products. And we also have several subsidiaries where we make products, um, furniture products to sell um, to educational healthcare and worship industries. So we're all into furniture in all different aspects. And um, we have hundreds of customers and thousands of suppliers all over the world. We're privately held and have approximately 2,500 employees. Wow, that is that is probably one of the tightest descriptions of an organization um, <laughs> that I've ever seen. So, so kudos to you for that. Now, Jen, how long have you been with the organization? I've been here 26 years. Awesome. And so you've probably seen all sorts of different things and um, within the organization. And one of the things that that stuck out to me as, as you walk through your businesses, you're, you're, you're not just a manufacturer in the traditional sense, but you're also almost kind of a retailer, right? In the fact that you have an e-commerce site, um, you're using words like omni-channel. Uh, I know a lot of manufacturers are still getting into omni-channel strategies and figuring out how to sell direct to consumers, but not at the same time have channel conflict. Um, with your retailers and your customers. Um, you also mentioned selling online on some of the marketplaces like walmart.com or target.com. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the customer experience has shifted for you as an organization, right? You know, the traditional model is you have a factory, you build things, you send it out to a wholesaler or you send it out to a retailer and they own that customer relationship. Your job is to own that relationship with the with the handful and, and maybe you have hundreds of retailers or hundreds of customers. That's the traditional model. You've broken out of that. Your organization has broken out of that. Can you talk a little bit about your customers and um, what some of the expectations that you're starting to see in the market? Absolutely. Um, when it comes to our retail customer experience, you know, we offer current technologies and our sales teams. Um, we maintain a great relationship with our retailers and it's a true partnership. But as an organization, we really study and understand our end customers, our end consumers. So we have a great marketing and merchant team that's always trying to understand our, our demographic. You know, People of all ages and genders like to buy our furniture because it's economical, um, but it, it comes in a flat, flat, flat box that you have to put together. So one thing that, that has, um, helped us as an organization, we have a, a world-class consumer services contact center that has um, won all sorts of awards. We're there with you when you have questions about our product and when you're putting it together, we can, you can call or email or chat with us and we're, gonna, we're, we're known to be just really fun to work with and we want you to love our product. And um, really that has given us a competitive advantage. I feel like we've followed the the online e-commerce market um, from the early stages and have really grown with it. So, you know, we traditionally were came about as a company with a brick and mortar, that's who we sold to, but mm. follow the industry trends and um, really stay on top of the technologies and, and gain insights um, so we can be competitive. Awesome. And, and I can, I can attest, um, I, I haven't made my purchase yet, Jan, but um, as I mentioned to you the other day, um, you know, I, I'm in the market for, for buying a couple of beds and, and some headboards. And I will have to say as a consumer, it was really easy to find the products. You, you had um, a, a fantastic search capability, uh, all of the information that I needed to find in terms of dimensions and 
you know, what tools I'm going to need to put together the bed and so on and so forth was, was right there. And it was super easy, the shopping cart, all that, all that experience. I just have to get the, the big boss, which would be my wife to, to take a look and, 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 and uh, make that purchase there. So, oh, but overall, I, I, I agree with you, right? The, the expectations consumers have nowadays are um, just astronomically different than what they were, you know, even two, three, five years ago. And obviously, um, with this past year and a half with, with dealing with the pandemic, things have really shifted, right? The experience is such that, um, you know, consumers expect the same experience from a manufacturer as they expect from a retailer. And so a lot of manufacturers like yourselves have had to step up and start to think that my customer is no longer the retailer, but my customer is the end customer. And, and it's really exciting to, to see such a progressive organization think about that and, and have your own little team, right? Your own team of understanding the consumers. And it's not just about building the products, but it's also that experience of buying and the experience of what happens when you unpack the product um, and so on and so forth. So when you think about all those changes, you obviously have had to make technology changes, but can you talk a little bit about how the specific technology investments you've made um, over time that allow you talked a little bit about e-commerce in there, which is which is the easy one because it's the one that you see. But what about some of the other technology investments that you've had to make to support the business and support how consumers are, are shifting their buying? Well, clearly when it comes to e-commerce, you have to have a, a number of analytics analytical tools. So we've made a number of purchases that help us um, gather details about um, um, our customers and end consumers and, and track trends. And that's helped us um, grow and learn as an organization to, to grow e-commerce. We also invested, we, we have SAP as our backbone for our ERP system and we put in S4HANA. And that is really our, our key system that helps us um, manufacture and ship um, on time and so forth to, to all of these key um, retailers. And in fact, we, we have a great logistics operation that we actually ship to consumers for some of our key customers um, instead of just ship to, um, for them to warehouse the product. So we offer that service. So we've grown as an organization to kind of to fit the new mold of what, what consumers need. Fantastic. And then, you know, can you talk a little bit about cloud, right? Um, one of the things that, you know, we've noticed is, is you know, at this point, almost everybody as a consumer has leveraged some type of cloud technology, especially if you're a smartphone user, you may have some type of a, a online storage like a Dropbox or a Google or anything along those lines. And so most folks are familiar with the cloud, at least in their personal use. But when it comes to uh, organizations that have um, been around for a long time, many times you, you build your own systems in-house, right? Prior to having commercial off-the-shelf software systems designed for manufacturers or designed for even the furniture, right? I'm sure ERP, uh, I'm sure SAP has some manufacturing or some furniture or some consumer products module that you can plug in into the ERP to, to help you run your business so you don't have to do as much customization. But a lot of times you, you may have some older technology that you customize that you built in-house. I remember I was part of a semiconductor company and we, we had a system called Embase. And on, on the surface, it sounds like a, an off-the-shelf product, but it was actually developed by a gentleman by the name of Matt Bays. And when you had a question, you had to find and seek out Matt Bays. <laughs> and this was a publicly traded company. 
And, um, you know, other folks in the organization have been trained around it, but it was our supply chain demand forecasting product that we had built in house with our own engineers. So we had an entire software team. And so ripping and replacing that was a big deal because it was tied into all of our manufacturing sites and facilities. And, you know, it had been, it had been developed from the ground up to be exactly like our business. Um, but when it comes to cloud, how have you, where have you decided to invest in the cloud and where have you decided not to invest in the cloud? So we were slow to move to the cloud simply because we were challenged with um, living in Northwest Ohio in a small community. We didn't have access to um, redundant internet and telco providers pass um, to take the chance of moving everything to the cloud too quickly. That's improved in the last couple of years. So we are moving fast at a faster pace to the cloud than we have in the past. So we have quite a number of point solutions in the cloud. In fact, um, the, the consumer services contact center group that I talked about, we're currently moving to from an on-premise to a cloud solution for them, 5.9. So we'll be implementing that. We started with IT a month ago. We'll be impl implementing there soon. We have an, a, a lot of, of our e-commerce analytics tools are in the cloud. We chose our EDI solution replacement to move that to the cloud. That was an on-premise system. So when it makes sense, um, we're not spending money just to move to the cloud. Strategically, as we have a business need, we're making that move where it makes sense. And, and what goes into that decision-making process just at a high level? Um, what are maybe two to the three top factors? You talked about connectivity. Right. What are some of the other factors that you and your team, your team think about? We need to make sure, bottom line, the basic functionality is what we need. Just because you, something's offered in the cloud doesn't mean as as robust as something that you might have on premise. But quite frankly, security becomes a key factor. So we have kind of a robust list of analysis that we go through to make sure we're feel, we feel comfortable with the, the cloud partners that we're joining with because. All this, this large ecosystem opens up security um, risks for all organizations. You know, we, we, hear, we hear security redundancy often, and I think the security one is, is the one that we, we probably hear the most. Um, and, and that's definitely something that, you know, as a, as a cloud vendor, we have to be very careful about and, and we focus on. So um, basically everything that I'm hearing from you, Jan, is very similar to where we, what we're hearing from the rest of the market. And so um, that aligns very well. So thank you for sharing. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, right? So I'm going to stay with the customer experience side of it. But there is one area that, you know, I'm sure everybody is tired of talking about. I, I definitely know I am. But at the same time, we, we can't ignore it. Um, the big C word, COVID. Um, and, and a lot of what we spent our time speaking about today has been the overall shift that you've made in your business as consumer behaviors have changed. How has COVID accelerated some of that thinking specifically around your organization strategy, right? You said you've been a little bit slow to adopt the cloud, which makes sense. I think most organizations are. I don't think you know, that's um, out of the ordinary, right? And I wouldn't say slow, but probably, probably very methodical in how you decided to go to the cloud. But, you know, a lot of things have changed um, and very rapidly and certain things haven't changed at all. Um, and so when you think about COVID, what are some of the strategy shifts, some of the mind, uh, mindset shifts that you and your team have had to make um, now that you were kind of forced to, to make some changes? 
So obviously a COVID was trans transformational for all organizations. You know, we were able to um, switch to most of our employees working remotely within a week. We had the right tools in place. We had to buy a few more licenses, but my team really stepped up. I was really proud of them. And, you know, our motto was to be the calm and the chaos, you know, when we made that switch. Um, and we, we had, um, during COVID, we actually had uh, manufacturing and distribution employees working on site. We were making office furniture and people needed office furniture to work from home. So that actually, we, we did well during the, the COVID um, period. I will say though, as, we, uh, as people are transitioning back to work, um, we're trying to step back and say, what are those technology needs? And it's clear that we need to make sure as people um, have meetings and you'll have part virtual, part physical meetings, that the equipment and experience has to be reliable and very smooth. So currently we're looking at uh, some different conference room equipment. Um, we're making sure we troubleshoot issues people are experiencing with their devices just trying to make sure from a from an IT department that people have the right tools because you it can be annoying to be in a meeting and you're you got five people in a room and two people can't connect i mean it just it gets old after a while so um, that's what we're working on yeah and you know we we made some shifts as well um, at clio we were a very remote first culture um, from the beginning um, myself i've been i've been remote since uh, 2016 so for me it wasn't anything new but what was interesting is the new part for me was working with other folks who hadn't been remote, right? So we had a lot of uh, questions and challenges around leveraging video and not doing video. And, and as you can see, I'm pretty comfortable in my environment because I've been in this environment for so long, but people are like, well, I'm opening, my, opening up my camera and, and to my home. And you had to, you know, and, and so people were always worried about what they look like and whether their technology is working and so on and so forth. And, and I think, you know, with your role, on the IT side, you're not just focused on the B2B or you're not just focused on the B2C side in terms of your e-commerce. You've got everything you have to deal with, right? So you've got devices, you've got onboarding of, of, of new laptops. I'm sure you've got some, uh, some storage and some online systems and on-premise systems you're dealing with and as, as well as migrations to the cloud. So I, I can't even imagine what goes on in your head in terms of all of the context switching that you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so when you think about all of that growth and all of that change that has happened, um, what advice do you have for folks that are listening today? Because in the audience today, we have a lot of folks who are either in your role where they head up IT and they have to constantly context switch or balance a, you know, a lot of the balls in the air, or we have folks in the organization who are aspiring to be uh, IT leader like yourself. Um, and so when, when you think about your, your years at Solder and you think about all of the change that you've gone through in those years, but also kind of in a very accelerated time period over the last, you know, 16, 18 months, what advice do you have for, for our listeners today? I would think that you have to um, grow and mentor your team to um, walk in the shoes of their business partners. You know, we have to be able to embrace the technology, turn on our videos every day within, you know, cause we struggle with that with some of our IT team members to start with too, but we have to be comfortable in order to help the business be comfortable. We have to go through some of the technical issues so we can solve them and, and help others. Uh, I think that we have to be always looking for the newer technology to make things smoother. 
um, look at the tools that are available um, and um, get people comfortable with um, all the new tools. I mean, we adopted with, you know, we, we're using Microsoft Teams. That's been a great tool for us. I mean, it's, it's providing for the virtual meetings and, you know, the, the cloud interfaces, you know, all that works well for us, but everybody has to choose, you know, the tools that, that work for them. Yeah, I know we made some shifts in, in our tooling as well. And, you know, we changed our video conferencing solution. We, we um, had our own desk phones and moved that over to a soft phone on their PCs and so on and so forth. So yeah, there's definitely been a lot of different shifts. And, and I know as you think about those shifts in, in worker behavior and customer behavior and you, you kind of being in the middle of all of that, I know you've been an essential business, right? You guys were deemed essential, but you have manufacturing floors that you have. Um, you're selling to retailers who are essential businesses. And so you really didn't have that much time to adjust. You really had a very small window to adjust. And that obviously has an impact on now I'm going to shift to employee experience. So, so the customers are expecting, you know, there was a little bit of leeway there, probably about six weeks of, of time where consumers were okay with things not being on the shelves and they were okay with um, if they called customer support, nobody answered because they, they, everybody was in the same boat. But I think about after six weeks, people were over it and they were expecting all that to happen. Well, well, in order for all of that to work seamlessly on the customer experience side, you have an employee experience that you have to maintain as well. And so when you think about um, employee experiences and, you know, can you describe a little bit about how your employee experience as Solder at Solder has changed in terms of what are some of the things that you've had to think about for your, let's start with maybe your team first, and then we can expand to the greater organization, which I think you touched on a little bit already. So in the new world, I think we all have to think of the word flexibility constantly because people um, that have worked remote and want to, some of them want to continue to do that and that works for them and they're productive and, you know, happy employees make for, for great, great results to, to, to be, to be um, accomplished for the organization. So you have to be adaptive and flexible and um, try to find the, the right work schedules that, that will work for your teams. Now, in some cases, the roles require them to be on site most of the time. Other, others can be quite flexible. We, as an organization, our CEO set some common guidelines, but he let each of the department leaders decide you know, how they're gonna handle um, their teams coming back to work, whether they're going to do mostly remote, hybrid, or all, all, um, all coming back to work. And each department, are, they're all doing different things. You know, For us, we're going to have Thursdays are going to be on our on-site day. That's helpful because as we have new employees come in, you want them to have a chance to meet meet people. So that gives us a day that we can all collaborate and, and still have department pizza parties, you know. So, um, but beyond the Thursdays, then depending upon the role, then they, some individuals that's the only day they'll be on site. Others will be on site a couple more days um, per week. Um, some will just be here every day because they're supporting manufacturing and distribution. So flexibility, um, compassion, just you just want people to enjoy their jobs and be productive. Absolutely. Now, and, and, and none of that comes without any challenges. Um, any challenges, any specific challenges that you faced and have any advice for folks in terms of how to overcome those challenges, right? As, as you think about um, many of the folks, um, including Cleo, by the way, you know, we are, we are now focusing on the second half as in, into 
into a, a phase of re-entry is what we're calling, right? Re-entry back into the office. Um, we have uh, organizations who have been remote for, for quite some time now. We have folks who have been remote um, prior to, to COVID. And so, uh, you know, I'm starting to do business travel. I did my first business trip a couple of weeks ago and I have another one coming up. And so uh, adjusting to all of that um, can be challenging again, right? Because once, once, you know, humans are creatures of habit. So once you're in a, a habit and you figure out how to do the remote thing, getting back to what used to be normal now is going to feel challenging. And so what are some of the challenges that you foresee now that you've, you've managed this whole hybrid model with your organization? As you look forward, do you see any potential challenges around the corner that you're prepping for? I think I, I have found that some individuals, when they are starting to come back to work, you know, have some anxieties about it. They're still, you know, maybe not comfortable, um, not feeling safe yet. Um, we've gone through that transition. But more importantly, I think that some people vision that when they come back to work, it's going to feel and look the same, but it's not going to. Um, off the office environment is quieter because not everybody's here every day. Um, it's just people have adapted and I think it's just going to be, I know that the cliche word is the new norm, but it really is. And we have to kind of embrace it and, and go with it and, and see where we end up. So I think just being patient with your employees and, and helping them feel comfortable when they come back on site. And from a technology perspective, I, I can't stress enough that they have to have the right equipment and the technology tools or, or people are gonna have a poor experience um, in, in a hybrid work environment. So, you know, we're doing more laptops, you know, choosing, you know, what tools we're putting in place so it's seamless. I mean, that's, that's the role IT's gotta play to help with that transition. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue into some of the areas I was hoping to get into with you today. Um, when you talk about technology and tools, um, obviously you're a, you're a Clio customer and, and we, we appreciate um, you being a customer and, and and thank you for trusting us with their business because you you have a, a you have a large business and and you count on Clio for making all of those interactions uh, with your trading partners, your retailers, uh, your e-commerce systems, all of that work. Um, and I, while I can't claim to be an expert on uh, Solder's implementation of Clio Integration Cloud, um, what I would love to do is learn a little bit about how Clio has been impacting your customer experience and your employee experience. Because when you bring those two things together, that's when you can really grow. That's when you have the agility to make the decisions that you need to make in order to meet the needs of the business or even be uh, proactive in being ahead of the business. So how has Clio helped you on this journey, not just in the last 16, 18 months, but also as a whole, because you were a Clio customer even prior to COVID. Yes, we actually just in late 2019 became a customer and then COVID hit, right? So um, as an organization, EDI is a critical capability that, that we need to provide to service our customers. Over 90% of our customers do all their transactions through EDI. We have about 170 trading partners. We do over 30 different document types. Our transaction volume is around 200,000 transactions per month. So we're heavy into EDI. And so when we chose Clio, we wanted to make sure that it had all the functionality um, to meet all of our EDI requirements. And it's there and it does that. And it's a great tool. People, my team that does EDI enjoys the tool, a lot more flexible. 
And then our business partners that use the tool to just see the status of EDI transactions, they love it also because they went from a green screen to now, you know, a modern day user interface. But more important, um, you know, the climate of data exchange between customers and suppliers, trading partners, is trending to go way beyond EDI, whether it's flat file exchanges or, or more often now we're being asked to do APIs. What's great with the Clio tool is it's all in one. You know, we even migrating from what we had a Gentran product, we also had a different connector tool. So we have one cloud-based solution that gives us the entire solution and it offers every type of um, transaction processing that we would need that, you know, our customers are asking for. So we don't have to build custom solutions or find a different tool. They're going to learn one tool and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be successful. So we looked at all the major players when we made the decision to move to Clio. And we felt that the strategy that um, Clio had um, just met, you know, the, our future needs and I feel comfortable with it. I feel good about the decision. My team feels good. I had um, recently, I was faced with um, one of my team members is ready to retire. So I had to find a replacement. And it was nice to find um, someone that you could sell the concept of a new platform and a new, new tool. Um, because that's the up and coming. It's a, it's a, it's a new, it's something that if from an IT perspective, you can engage people and they'll want to work for your team because you're using, you know, current tools. So um, not very happy with the decision. And um, we are, we did, um, because of COVID, we had to reprioritize some of our projects. So we're not completely migrated. We're mostly there. So by the end of the summer, we'll be completely on Clio, but um, we're excited about it. No, that's fantastic. That is, um, uh, I, I, I was not expecting an endorsement, but thank you for that. That was fan, fan, fantastic. And I, I tried to catch, I was listening, so I didn't, I didn't type up my notes while you were saying, but you, you mentioned some of the different use cases. You mentioned EDI and API, which is obviously mm -hmm. a, a key pillar to Clio Integration Cloud and, and our platform. That's something that we set out to do um, originally. Mm -hmm. so, I'm, so I'm glad that you're seeing the value in that and you're able to leverage that. The other element is the whole concept of end-to-end -end visibility. Um, and you talked about your business partners, right? And you also talk about IT teams. And, and that's one of the other elements that we focused in on as an organization, because when you think about B2B, there are so many folks in your organization that might need that information um, that's coming through the integration platform. And so, you know, we, we, we focus really hard on developing the platform so different personas in your organization can leverage. So I'm glad that you're able to take advantage of that. You mentioned you hadn't completely migrated over yet. So, so EDI is, is, is something that you're doing with Clio. You mentioned API. Are you leveraging e-commerce um, and your e-commerce integrations into Clio Integration Cloud? Because I think you have different e-commerce, right? You have, you have third-party e-commerce, like a, a walmart.com or tradingpartner.com. You have your own site. Are you running those transactions through Clio Integration Cloud as well? Yes, um, all the, our e-commerce customers are running through Clio and then the marketplaces, we're setting those up and the, the marketplaces are the ones that are pushing for the API. So it's nice to be able to use the tool to do that. Perfect, perfect. That's great. Well, Jan, you we also, have, oh, speaking, go ahead. Just one more second. Speaking of APIs, we're in the middle of implementing um, an HCM solution, Ceridian, and we had to develop, we, as a requirement, we had to create an API. So it's nice to not have to create something custom. I can use the Clio platform even for an HCM integration 
to um, securely transfer information, you know, between systems. So it's a great tool. No, perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's fantastic, right? We obviously have some connectors that are just kind of plug and play with some business logic built in, but for these other systems like an HCM, which isn't a, a typical use case, but it's something that the platform can support. You have, you have all of the, all of the dials and all the levers you need um, and all of the, you know, ex- expose APIs to be able to leverage all of that to go build, build your own kind of connector into um, an HTM, ACM. Um, you're actually the second customer this week and it's only Tuesday that has mentioned an HCM integration. So I'm going to have to look into that a little bit and, and understand more, but Jan, you have been a gem this morning. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm, I'm sure our listeners and our audience does as well. Um, so folks, what we talked about today is, is something really interesting. We talked about how the experience for your customers and your employees can, can come together and help you drive growth in your organization. And um, if you go back, uh, we, we're going to have this session as, as a recorded session, so you can go back and, and listen in. Um, and I'm sure, Jan, if uh, there are some folks who want to network with you, they can hunt you down on LinkedIn, and you'd be more than happy to, to provide some of your advice. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, best of luck to you getting the rest of the migrations done. And as always, let us know if there's anything that we can do to support that initiative. Absolutely. Have a great day. All right. Have a great summer.